Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Glad you chose to listen today. Um, I sincerely do this so that you are encouraged to pursue Jesus, and it just makes me happy knowing that I can help you do that. So thanks for listening. Um, This week is a follow-up to last week. And uh, I hope that you've been intentionally listening for God's voice. Uh, today will be all about our hearts and our response for when we hear God's voice. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll jump right in. So let's pray. Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, let us hear your voice today. Let us hear your voice and love your instruction, God. Let us love your instruction. Um, I pray that our hearts would be transformed by your word and by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so last week we talked about listening for God's voice. We talked about how we can't hear from God if we don't know his voice, but we also can't hear from God if we are not ready to listen, right? Well, this week I want to talk to you about really the condition of our heart when we're waiting to hear from God, and then I want to talk about our response to his answer when he does speak. So, um, before we get into all of this, let me offer up a warning. Um, we always find what we're looking for, um, and I'm going to explain that a little bit. Um, sometimes we offer up a prayer and then we start looking for the answer. Uh, it's like when you buy a new car, right? You buy a new car, you start seeing it everywhere. It's the same car. It's like, I've never seen this car before until I bought it. Now you see it everywhere. Or like when you uh, want to win an argument and go Googling um, to, you know, quote unquote, find the right answer. But what you're really doing is Googling to support your opinion, right? We tend to chase after the things that we want and we'll look for confirmation uh, that it was meant to be instead of just waiting for God to speak to us and seeking his will. All right, this is this is confirmation bias. Um, and I just want to warn you um, that when you are praying, don't get stuck in confirmation bias and then call it hearing from God. Sincerely seek God's voice and God's will for your life. All right? Okay, so with that warning, let's get into the condition of our heart. The Bible gives us a couple warnings in regards to our heart. Um uh, two of my favorites, uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Heart is deceitful above all things. And then Proverbs 4, 23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Um, and I think the Bible is just saying, um, or Jeremiah and then Solomon are saying, you know, protect yourself even from your own heart. Um, why? Why does uh, why does God encourage us to protect our heart and to, you know, also kind of be weary of our heart? Well, it's the thing is just because your heart is easily corrupted. Um, it's easily corrupted, especially if you haven't been intentional in protecting it, right? Just like Proverbs says, you know, guard your heart. Um, if you've not been intentionally protecting it, I think it is easily corrupted. It's easily corrupted by our flesh. It's easily corrupted by outside influences. Um, and, uh, we've even talked about the, the, uh, flesh versus the spirit. Um, but I'm going to talk about it, you know, again, a little bit, because I think it's important to remember. Um, Romans eight, five and six says, uh, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit for to set the mind on the flesh is death, 
but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Now, just before Paul says this in Romans 8, 5, and 6, he says in verse 18 of chapter 7, says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Um, Paul struggled with the flesh just as much as we do. Um, and he warns us about our flesh. And when we are given over to it, instead of given over to the spirit, which mostly happens unintentionally, um, then our heart gets corrupted. Gets corrupted by our selfish desires. Um, again, it gets corrupted by outside influences. It gets corrupted instead of being led and influenced by the Spirit. And then just a little later in chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, um, uh, Paul says this, says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, when he says saints, he means another word for believers, right? Just people that follow Jesus. Um, the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, we cannot know the will of God by our flesh, right? Our flesh is deceiving it is selfish. It is opposite the spirit. Um, you know, Paul literally talks about that here in, in chapter 8, that the, the spirit and the flesh are against each other. Um, so we can't know the will of God by our flesh. Um, but the spirit, the spirit only desires the will of God and only communicates that. The Spirit only desires the will of God, and He communicates the will of God when we are open to the Spirit, when we are given over to the Spirit. And that's why it's so important that the condition of our heart be for the Spirit, be guided by the Spirit, be focused on the Spirit, be given completely to the Spirit. That's how we guard our heart. It's given to the Holy Spirit. Um, and that takes intentionality. Um, it's not a passive thing. It's a sacrifice. But it is a sacrifice that is worth making. Um, if you want to hear God's voice, protect your heart by giving it completely to the Holy Spirit, by only listening to the Holy Spirit, by protecting it from outside influences and from inside influences, your flesh. And then, you know, after giving it completely to the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to hear God's voice and His will. Um, and the time that you spend waiting you know, like waiting to hear his voice, um, will turn from anxiety to eagerness. Now, why do I say anxiety? Like when you're waiting to hear God's voice, when you've prayed to God and you're waiting to hear his answer, um, I think it will turn from anxiety to eagerness. Um, because, you know, if we're honest, when we ask God for something, we have an answer that we want to get, right? Like we pray for something, you know, whether it be healing or a new job or a love interest, uh, moving, you know, buying a house or it doesn't matter, etc. We all know what we want. Um, and if we aren't given over to the spirit, if we haven't given him our heart and guarded our heart against um, uh, outside influences, voices that aren't God's, then we have this battle that goes on in our mind, in our hearts. The question that makes us nervous to even consider, um, at least this is the way it is for me. Um, when I pray, I have this question that goes, like, what if he says no? What if he says no? Like, what am I going to do? 
What if he says no? What will I do? And this is typically where we start to look for confirmation because we don't want him to say no, right? So we want him to say yes, and um, yeah, we'll we'll find it <laughs> if we need to. Um, that's the answer we want. So I'll search for it and I'll get my yes. Um, and let me give you a little bit of an example of what I mean here. I did this a long time ago with the girl that I was dating at the time. Uh, we were both Christians, um, uh, but we were talking about breaking up for a variety of reasons. I mean, she she was really talking about breaking up for a variety of reasons. Um, I didn't want to. She didn't want to. But I think she did more so than not, but didn't want to. Um, you know, hurt me too bad. So there was uh, there was prayer involved because that's what Christians do. Um, so we're praying about breaking up, uh, and ultimately, I did I did want God's will, but I didn't feel like I could really hear His voice in that time when I was praying. So I did something super holy, and by holy I mean not really holy. Um, I decided to flip a coin. That sounds very, very casual, but in my head, I was like, well, God used to, you know, communicate his will by people casting lots in the Bible. So this is basically the same thing. So I grabbed a quarter and I prayed, God, if it is your will for us to stay together, let it land on heads, let it land on heads. And you know, you know, just as I just as I know uh, at that time that I was really hoping for heads because I wanted to stay together. So, God, if it is your will for us to stay together, let it land on heads. Then I flipped the coin and let it land, anxiously hoping hoping for it to land on heads after it's just bouncing around, you know, and it's just torturing me without landing yet. And then the coin finally lands, and I'm sure you can guess it, it's tails. My heart dropped, and uh, I didn't know what to do. So I said, okay, best out of three, Lord. Literally, <laughs> best out of three. And I literally flipped it two more times. And I'm sure you probably knew the end of the story before I even uh, started getting into it. Uh, but, you know, we we broke up. Um, and that's the way it went. Um, but we all do the same thing. We say, God speak. But then we, then we look for or even try to force the answer we want to get from God. We try and force it. Okay, God, best, best out of three, right? We look for that answer. We try and force it. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll look for all the ways that God wants to speak to us instead of stopping and listening for his voice. But that's not the condition our heart should be in. That's a heart given over to the flesh, and that's not a heart given to the spirit. If my heart were truly for the spirit, truly for God's will, um, which I, I can guarantee you, I can tell you it was not at that point. It was for, for what I wanted. Um, but if it was truly for God's will, I would have been very grateful that he chose to speak to me in any way instead of just keeping his will for me. Because God wants to share his will with you. He wants to. He wants to tell you all the things. He, he wants us to pursue him so he can share his desires for us. Every time we lift our prayers to God, it provides this just amazing opportunity for us. And the opportunity, I mean, you might think is that to hear his voice. And that is, you know, an amazing opportunity, but that's not the opportunity I'm talking about. The opportunity I'm talking about is, is it gives us the chance to say, you are Lord and I am not. 
Every time we pray, it gives us the opportunity to say, you are Lord and I am not. And I think we forget sometimes that as believers and followers of Jesus, we are servants and we are slaves to the Most High God. When we pray, we are acknowledging that. But we are acknowledging that only if we are truly desiring His will over our own desires. Think about this. When you pray, do you give God the freedom to say no? It sounds like a you know completely absurd thing to even consider because I can't control God, you know I can't offer Him freedom. You know He's He's God. He's the God of the universe. He created everything. He created freedom, um, but I can control my heart, and I can even feel better about myself for offering up. If we're honest with ourselves, sometimes these insincere prayers, thinking that I want God's will when this is just an obligatory practice before I go ahead and just do what I want anyway and find a way to justify it. When you pray, do you give God the freedom to say no or to at least answer you in a way that you don't want him to answer? I want to encourage you to give God the freedom in your heart to say no, to answer opposite of what you're asking for. Let his will be the greatest thing you desire because ultimately it is the best thing for you. It is the best thing for you. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way um, because we think we have life all figured out, but ultimately it is the best thing for you. Um, Ironically, um, or maybe not ironically, um, right after Paul says in uh, chapter 8, verse 27, that the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, he says something else. He says, Romans 8 chapter or Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called and called according to his purpose it's his purpose that's working out for our good it's not our own spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God so when we are listening for the spirit when we have given the spirit our heart he is communicating the will of God to us. And then Paul affirms that God's will for us is good. It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It's his purpose. It's his purpose that is working out for our good, not our own. Remember, when we pray, it gives us the opportunity to say, you are Lord and I am not, to say your will and not my own. But it all starts with our heart and giving that over to God. Let's pray. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me recognize your voice today and change my heart to desire your will over my own. Holy Spirit, just guard my heart. It's yours. Guard my heart so that nothing corrupts it or influences it outside of your will. I sincerely, deeply, as much as I can communicate, want your will in every part of my life over my own will. Show me your will. Show it to me. Let me hear your voice. And then let me rejoice in it. Let me celebrate it. Your will, not my own. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to play some music. Just give your heart to God. Give it completely to God. Let the Holy Spirit transform you. Um, And uh, 
let the condition of your heart change um, and the desires of your heart change.
close in prayer, as I always do. But if you need more time, just rewind it to the beginning if you need to. Re-listen to the whole thing, but rewind it back to the music to continue to focus your attention on what the Holy Spirit's saying. Let's pray. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, my life is yours. Do whatever you want. Whatever you want, God. In Jesus' name, amen.